Hi there, Scott Rockfile Hamilton, back with another podcast. Thank you oh so much for listening and subscribing and downloading or however you're listening. Uh, this will be a review of the first four episodes of the new Netflix series, October Faction. This is about the third time I've started this podcast because someone from our, uh, our, our county workers had to back in his work truck and did a piss poor job and did it more than once. But anyway, long story short. Um, I did not do any research before uh, I started to watch this for the most part. Um, I saw the trailers and I it Netflix is churning out a lot of supernatural movies and TV series and some I've really liked, some have been great surprises, others have been okay, and a few I just didn't finish watching for whatever reason. And when I did start watching it, I saw a name and I immediately started looking things up. Steve Niles wrote the comic book that this is based on, and Damian Worm. If you don't know the name Steve Niles and you're not into comic books, um, he worked on some big things like Toy Story for Disney and um, Spawn for Todd McFarlane, and then shopped around a screenplay he wrote for something called 30 Days of Night, and nobody in Hollywood was interested. But a comic book, illustrator said, I love the story. Let me illustrate it and let's do this. So they made a mini series and then Hollywood got excited about it and made it into one of my favorite vampire movies. If you haven't seen 30 Days of Night, the sequel's okay. I mean, it's really not bad for a sequel, but 30 Days of Night is a really good vampire story with, it's just kind of different. And I like how he came at the subject matter and everything. So if you like vampire stuff and you haven't already checked it out, it's been out for a while. Go, go see 30 Days of Night. But anyway, that's how Steve Niles kind of became who he is, kind of how he broke out. And he's known uh, in, in comic book and book circles as one of the guys who brought horror comics back to prominence because they had kind of fallen by the wayside with um, all the superheroes and stuff. But anyway... I've never read the comic book, so I don't really know anything about the show, and I started watching it, and the first episode is good. I I can't say that it grabbed me, and I I just had to binge watch the rest of the series, but it was good. I like the people in it. Um, Damian Kindler created the show. He doesn't have the greatest track record. He's made some good things, but he was behind... um, Uh, Things like Krypton, which only lasted two seasons and things like that. But he has worked on some bigger shows. He got his start on Stargate and Stargate SG-1 and things like that. And that's what I remembered his name from. So the episodes range from about 36 minutes to 49 minutes. And they tell the story of two people who, as you can kind of gather by the very first scene, are some kind of monster hunters. And he finds out his father has passed away and they have to go back to their New York hometown and, you know, deal with the house and the funeral and all that kind of stuff. And they bring their kids with them. And they were stationed in Japan. And so as the series progresses, and I'll stay away from most spoilers, they're a part of an organization that obviously hunts monsters, but you're not giving any details at the beginning. And they have lived in different places around the world. And as the first four episodes go, we start seeing some more background on them, how they got together, how they came up in the ranks, so to speak. In the first two episodes, I felt like there was a bit too much of the high school stuff. Now, the stars are Tamara Taylor, who I just love in just about everything she's in, and J.C. McKenzie, who's a pretty pretty well-known actor as well. I think they both do a great job in their roles. The kids are newcomers. I really couldn't find anything on Aurora Burkhart and Gabriel Darku, but they're really good playing their roles. And let me explain why. The... The first two episodes, they have to go to regular high school. They, they have 
you know, they lived in Japan so long, they learned the language and, and they and they kind of assimilated into that culture. And now they're in New York and in this small town that is a bit uh, close-minded and conservative. And here they are, they're, you know, they're worldly. And, and anyway, long story short, they don't get along with, and with some of the high school kids. And it doesn't, the show spends a lot of time on them in the high school and the interactions. And at first I was just like, is this going to be another show that's really about the high school? You know, I, I, I love movies like book smart and other things that take place in high school, but there are so many shows that talk about young adults that I just didn't really want to show focused on that. And it's not, um, as you come to find out in the first four episodes, there is a lot more going on, and those interactions in high school will mean something later, which is, I liked how it was developed and done. The two kids, there's something going on with them. Uh, things are not exactly normal, and, and how they deal with this this uh, awakening that's kind of happening with them is very interesting. And how they've built the mythology, it's not your typical monster hunter show, it's not supernatural, um, which I'm a big fan of, nothing against supernatural. Um, they do vampires in a different way. They do monsters in a different way. Um, there's no, I, at least not yet, there's been no silver, no magic spells, so to speak. Well, there has been a bit of magic. But but I'm saying when they when they fight monsters, they basically use machine guns. <laughs> and they shoot them in the head or whatever and, and that kind of thing. But I'm glad I gave the show a little more time. Glad I had a little more patience with it. Because by the fourth episode... Things are getting really interesting, and they haven't fully explained things. There's a couple of, of we assume, are bad guy characters who we have no idea what their motivation is, where they, you know, what what's behind it all. That's going to be explained. It's a 10-episode series. They haven't announced if they picked it up for a second season or not, but now four episodes in, I am invested and, and would binge it if I had the time. It... It is different than some of the things that are out there. It is better than a lot of the things out there. It's well acted. It's filmed in Canada. You've got some well-known Canadian actors like Wendy Crewson, Megan Follows, and Stephen McHattie, who you've seen in just about every horror thing for the last couple of decades. And they're all very good. The side roles are very good. The main character is very good. How it's developed... The first two episodes feel like a lot of Netflix shows and a lot of modern television shows where here we're going to throw you into stuff and we're not going to tell you much about it and we're going to get you to watch the rest of the episodes to find out what's going on. And it felt very samey at first in that respect because I think that's sometimes used to just falsely get you into something without being truly compelling. But this did become truly compelling. Um, Again, I guess it because it comes from the mind of Steve Niles, it approaches some familiar subject matter in different ways. And that's what I like. And the fact that they're building up this mythology and this secret organization that they haven't even told their kids about. They they have kept it from their children until some things happen. And again, I'm only four episodes into it. I plan to do another review when I'm done. I just think it's interesting to, you know, do first impressions and then do final did, did the show hold up to my first impressions? And after four episodes, I'm very invested in the show. I'm very interested in it and would highly recommend it to someone. Um, if you like horror shows, the kills are on the low side. I mean, there there is some pretty gruesome violence, but it's not an action-oriented show. It's definitely a drama. 
But that being said, as, as we get further into it, there is now more tension building because we don't know everything that's going on. And as we learn more, we want to know more. And I think that's the sign of some good writing. So October Faction, if you're into like horror monster hunter stuff and want to see something that's a little bit different, something that has a little deeper thought going into it, um, it's really well produced, well good. They spent decent money on it. The special effects are good. There hasn't been anything totally cheesy that took me out of the experience. Um, what gore has been, uh, there's been some, you know, some monster disembowelings and things like that, so it's definitely not for the weak stomach. And it does have some adult language and stuff. There's been no real sex in the show, nothing like that that's going to turn anybody off, but it is a more adult show. It is. It is. It does earn, if it were a film, it would probably be R-rated. It's definitely a little bit more than PG-13, and I appreciate it so far. So check back in a few more days. I'll have the show finish and I will come back with another podcast review of the whole thing and maybe we'll even get into a few spoilers. But check it out if you're interested in the subject matter. It is one of the better things to stream on Netflix right now and it just started uh, on the 23rd. So get into it. October Faction. Check it out on Netflix. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, I have well over 100 now. We're well over 2,000 downloads, so things are building, and thank you so much for your support. have a Patreon page if you'd like to give a little more support. want to start moving things into YouTube because the podcast service I use has been very good about spreading the podcast to other podcasting services, but it seems very hit or miss in getting things on YouTube. It's like every fifth or seventh or eighth podcast goes up on YouTube automatically and maybe visuals will bring a few more people around to watch this. I'm not the most exciting guy to watch. I talk too much with my hands and things like that. So maybe maybe YouTube videos are good and when I have a chance to do a decent setup that would be interesting to check out. I will definitely uh, let you know when that happens. So anyway, thank you for hanging out so far. Still got a lot to come in 2020, and I very much appreciate your listening.